And hello there, all you Stay Tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here, back again. Flying solo this week. Uh, shoulders had to take his, his son to ice hockey practice, so we, hopefully he could be the next Sidney Crosby. And No, we don't want Sidney Crosby. We want Claude Giroux. Yeah, there we go, Claude Giroux. And uh, could be maybe our first superstar guest on our show. But... Uh, Speaking of uh, Claude Giroux and the Flyers, last night the, the Flyers played the, the Devils and uh, won 4-0. It was really it was the first game I could see them play. Um, I didn't really get to see them play against the Blackhawks, mostly listening on the radio. But I'll tell you what, you know, my expectations aren't that high as far as like a championship, but I, I definitely think they could make the playoffs this year. Um, and... The penalty kill looked so much better last night, especially with a five-on-three for two minutes straight. When you got Carter Hart back there, I mean, some of the saves he was making last night, I know no one wants to anoint him as, you know, the next superstar goalie for the Flyers that we've been looking for, but man, it's hard to not say that, you know, so. But I'll get into that a little bit later on. Uh, head over to Twitter, follow... Myself at Jimbo ST Sports. Follow the show at ST Sports Podcast. Uh, head over to Facebook, like our page there, and share it as well. Head over to YouTube, subscribe there. Also, if you are a writer or editor or a podcaster yourself and are looking to join a great environment to get your material out there, head over to bellyupsports.com or even on their Twitter account as well. Uh, shoot them a a message uh, you know ask them whatever you need to ask them we are definitely looking for writers editors and some more podcast shows uh, to join the network so and tell them I sent you <laughs> also uh, with belly up with October being um, cancer awareness month we actually teamed up with DSG tree and have designed a cancer awareness shirt Whatever we make, we're donating 50% of it to cancer awareness. So it all goes to a good cause. You get a nice shirt, hoodie. They have a, you know, a couple different designs to pick from. It's a really good cause. Head over there uh, and you know pick up some, some Belly Up Sports merch. So I think that's all the, the socials. But... Uh, so, like I said, yeah, I mean, last night I watched the the Devils-Flyers game. I interacted with King a little bit, our old friend King that uh, started the show with us. And tomorrow is our 100th episode, so trying to get some things together and have like a big blowout type episode for for you, the fans. Um, and who knows, if we could get King on, maybe I'll get him riled up over the, over the game last night because... I was very impressed with the Flyers. Um, maybe it's because I had low expectations as far as who we brought in and things like that. 
Um, I'm not expecting a championship this year. After watching last night, I can't see why we can't make the playoffs. You know, um, the penalty kill was so much better. And I, I understand it's only one game, but um, this was my first game I was able to watch them. Uh, because of the Chicago game, it was on the radio for me because I was out and about. But, um, I mean, Carter Hart, I mean, he just lights out. You know, it was Wayne Simmons' first time back in Philly since be, uh, since being traded to the Predators. And I wrote a little article about him up on bellyupsports.com. If you head over there, kind of like my little tip of the hat to him since he was my first ever hockey player that I decided to follow and a Flyers uh, player as well. Yes, I wore his jersey. And like I said in, in the article, once the puck dropped, that jersey came off. I was being, should I get a Carter Hart jersey or a Konechny jersey? And pretty sure I'm going Carter Hart. Um, I'm saying it. I think we finally found our goalie. Hopefully he doesn't turn into be injury prone like Matt Murray. Matt Murray looked like he was going to be the next big thing for Pittsburgh, which he is still very good. I'll give him credit. Just can't stay healthy. Now, if Shoulders was here, we could talk to him a little bit about how he feels about that. But maybe next week we'll bring it up to him because I know Malkin is out for a long time. They didn't put a time period on it, but they said for an extended period of time. Um, but as far as the Flyers last night, you know, Hayes looked good. Uh, he, he was the big free agent signing, if you want to say that, even though we had the rights to him to negotiate it. The defense looked better. It looked like, and it looked like the team was enjoying playing even before the puck drop. Uh, Voracek was interviewed and it just seemed like they were into it like they last year just seemed like they were going through the motions and even I know some of the fans even made that statement that it kind of looked like they were going through the motions <coughs> excuse me but hopefully you know we're 2-0 and obviously it's almost 99.999999% impossible to go 82-0, but it's a good start to the year. You know, so one team that hasn't had any good teams lately was the New York Knicks. And this past week, Kevin Durant broke his silence finally about why he didn't sign with uh, the New York Knicks. Now, before free agency hit, it was well known that the New York Knicks were going to take a, a real hard run at Kevin Durant, even though Kevin Durant is going to be out this year with the um, Achilles injury. And from my understanding, from what I remember, what happened, they offered him the max contract and everything they could do to get him to sign. And uh, he ended up signing with the New York uh New Jersey Nets. And I found it interesting that this past week that he, Kevin Durant came out and said, you know, the Knicks 
can't rely on their past anymore. You know, when you think of New York Knicks, you you think of the the 80s and the early 90s with Patrick Ewing, like those teams when they were really, really good. And Durant made the point that, you know, the New York Knicks brand isn't what it used to be like back in the day. And these kids that are playing now that the New York Knicks are trying to sell their history to weren't like either weren't even born yet or were too small to understand how good that team was back in the day. They got to figure out a different way to do a sales pitch. And, but, you know, like what, what sales pitch is there? You know, you have an owner who just seems like a douchebag. You know, if you go back, I believe like in March or so, uh, me and Shoulders did an episode where Shoulders called him out because uh, there was a fan that told him to, you know, fire himself or whatever. And the owner banned the, the guy from Madison Square Garden for life. All because this kid was giving him shit. If you're a player, why would you want to come to a team like that first off? And I mean, really, when, you know, Durant made a good point. When was the last time they were relevant? Every year. They're just terrible. Almost seems like they're either in last place or second to last place. And really, the last time I could remember, you know, I don't follow basketball like I used to when I was younger. But the last time I remember they were any relevant was when Patrick Ewing was still there. Now, I mean, last time I really followed followed basketball, you know, Allen Iverson was playing for the Sixers. So that, that was, what, late 90s, early 2000s? So for the Knicks to sign some of these talented young guys, I mean, money's not going to just be the, the only thing. You know, we see a lot of superstar combos, you know, uh, LeBron and Davis this year. Um, la- well, past couple seasons at Golden State, Steph Curry and Kevin Durant and Draymond Green. Uh, when LeBron was in Miami, had LeBron, uh, Dwayne Wade, um, Chris Bosh, you know. They're, the Knicks are just going to have to figure out a way to get at least one of these biggest superstars and then say, we'll go after these other two or three, however many they want to go after, how much money they got, just to help entice or make a trade. You know, Maybe unload some draft picks to a team to, to bring a, a superstar in and sell him the pitch. But it starts with ownership, you know, and the owner's thinking's got to change towards the fans, how we acted there, and towards the players. So we'll see in the next couple of years if the Knicks change, if they get away from relying on their history of, uh, you know, we used to be good type type thing so 
A lot of NFL news this week involving coaches. Jay Gruden of the Washington Redskins was fired earlier this week. And kind of funny how this all came about, especially what was it, the night or two nights before a video came about of him at a bar. Looks like he's smoking a joint out in public. So I'll get into the video in a second because there's still, uh, I don't know, there, there's some fishy stuff there. But Jay Gruden fired after an 0-5 start with the Redskins this year. Bill Callahan is the interim head coach for right now. We'll see how he does and how Daniel Snyder does. But that organization, my God, you know, for years we, we all shitted on the Cleveland Browns. But are the Redskins actually a shittier team than the Browns have been in the past? I mean, you, when, uh, you know, we just said about the Knicks not being any good since the late 80s or 90s. When's the last time the Redskins were any good? I mean, like seriously, Jesus. Uh, I'm just trying to think now. Maybe... I can't even think, you know. Um, this whole Daniel Snyder ownership just has destroyed this team. Bad signings after bad signings. Uh, bad draft classes. And then you have Jay Gruden here doing the best he could with the players he has. Now last year... You know, tons and tons of injuries hurt that team. And there was a few games that, with the players they had, made it work. But with the 0-5 start, this video coming out, I'm actually thinking Jake Ruin is probably happy he finally got fired. Because, he, again, he even said that there was, there's, there is some issues with that ownership. And LeVar Arrington, I found it kind of um, kind of interesting. There, there was a interview with him yesterday. I don't know if it was on ESPN or NFL Network, but he said, "If you weren't either a high, you know, free agent signing or a high draft pick, that when it came to Daniel Snyder, first off, every player had to call him Mr. Snyder's." Uh, Mr. Snyder which okay you know that's just respect you know um, try and teach your your team respect towards you but he went on to say that if you were you know low draft uh, pick or low in talent that you weren't even allowed to make eye contact with the owner now if that's true I mean come on like your players have to respect you to want to be there, to want to make the team better. Unless you're, you know, Antonio Brown, who just does it for the money, or Albert Haynesworth back in the day. Again, you know, and like I said with the Knicks, it all starts with ownership. What You know, the type of culture you set there is 
how the players are going to respond. You look at Jeffrey Lurie. You you never hear one bad word said about Jeffrey Lurie. Even when Deshaun Jackson or LaShawn McCoy got traded away by Chip Kelly, not once did they bash Jeffrey Lurie or Howie Roseman. It was always Chip Kelly. And even when Deshaun came back, he made the statement that he never had ill will towards Jeffrey Lurie or Howie Roseman because that's that's the, the culture they, they set, you know? Now, I know I got a little bit off topic, but again, you know, with Jay Gruden, that's what happened. That's that's what's happening with this team. Jay Gruden and that coaching staff did not want Haskins. They did not want to draft him. Daniel Snyder did. So, obviously, Gruden doesn't have the power to veto Daniel Snyder, so they, they drafted Haskins. Now, earlier last week, when Jay Gruden named Colt McCoy the starter over Haskins because Casey Keenum was still out, all of a sudden, two videos leaked online showing Jay Gruden outside flirting with young girls smoking what looks to be a joint. Now, as far as this video, first off, it is clear as day he's smoking something. But I don't think he's that stupid to smoke a joint outside. Knowing there's cameras all over the place, knowing he's not allowed to, even if the state allows you to smoke it, maybe, you know, could it have been a cigarette without a filter? <coughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure, you know, some people still smoke them that way. But then again, if it is weed, do we really blame him? I mean, after he just endured with the Redskins for, what, four or five seasons? I mean, Jesus, I'd, I'd be drinking Jameson and doing keg stands if I finally got fired. Now, we, we do know, you know, obviously he is a good coach, just was with a bad team, bad ownership. He will end up being you know a coach somewhere else and the one rumor I did see and I found it interesting was possibly him joining John Gruden his brother as a um, offensive coordinator now if he were to go to Oakland and be an offense coordinator there I'd be curious to see how that team does I mean they're already playing well this gives Jay Gruden a chance to take a step back, maybe learn a couple of new tricks as a head coach from his brother. I mean, Jesus, he just he just had to deal with Antonio Brown shit this past uh, preseason. Now, the other thing too, I found out, and if I, I hope the NFL investigates this. Which we all know they probably won't because it would be the right thing to do. But according to Pro Football Talk, some people in league circles believe someone in the Redskins organization released these videos so they could fire Gruden without pay. 
Um, not sure how long of a contract he had left, but now if they if the Redskins quote unquote investigate this and find out that it is marijuana, they don't have to pay the rest of that contract that they owe Gruden. I didn't see any possible head coach candidates, but one head coach that did come out yesterday and said he would love to take the Redskins job is Rex Ryan. Now, I, I do like him as a defense coordinator, and I liked his brother, uh, Rob Ryan, as a coordinator as well. But please, and with the Redskins being the Redskins, I could see them signing Rex Ryan. Please sign him. Please sign him and screw up Haskins like you screwed up Mark Sanchez and still put this organization 10 years behind the eight ball. Redskins fans, I'm sorry. I do feel for you. But this is the NFC East. One last team we have to worry about. Another team that is starting to look like we knew who they they were, as Dennis Green would kind of say, is the Dallas Cowboys. They started off 0-3, or I'm sorry, 3-0. And then the past two games, when they played the Saints and the Packers, they have lost. Now, last week, they, when they played the Packers, it was brutal. Um, I was following the score here and there. And at one point, I think it was like 21 or 24 nothing at halftime. And even Skip Bayless uh, on Twitter was saying that it's going to be a long day. And I'll give Dallas credit. They did make a little comeback, but unfortunately they lost. And it, it, just, it just shows what we all thought. They beat bad teams, but can't compete with the good teams. Same thing with the, the 49ers. And I'll get into that in a little bit. But as far as the Cowboys go, is it time to move on from Jason Garrett? At the end of this year, he, he will be a free agent. Um, this is the last year of his contract. And this whole situation I find interesting because this is the last year of his contract. Dak Prescott is a free agent after this year, but is rumored that the Cowboys will use the franchise tag on him. Now, originally, Prescott won a $40 million, um, $40 million a year, rumored. But if he can't beat the good teams, what do you pay him? And if Jason Garrett can't coach the good teams, how are you going to win the playoffs? Let alone a Super Bowl. How are you going to beat a, a Bill Belichick or an Andy Reid or Doug Peterson? You know, it just it it may be time to move on and look for a new coach. But Jerry Jones came out and said he's not making no emotional decisions after uh, two losses here. But I'm, you know, it's it's hard to think that he's not going to if Jason Garrett can't beat the good teams. Now this week they have the New York Jets. We saw what the Eagles did to the New York Jets last week. And Jesus, I mean, did anybody call New York and tell them to make sure they bring their offensive line? Records were, were broken all, all day long for Philly. Um, 
10 sacks, you know, two touchdowns returned. Uh, just, just terrible. I mean, that poor, that poor Falk. And even that, that was, that situation I think was handled badly as well. He didn't get any first um, team reps all week. Sam Darnold got it. And then Thursday or Friday is when they decided that Darnold wasn't going to be ready. Falk would start. Well, by that point, he's not even game ready for the game plan. Yeah, he may know what's going to go on, what they're going to attack. Poor kid. He, he was on his ass the whole time. So I did allude to the 49ers a few minutes ago. And they're 4-0 for the first time in 29 years. I'm not buying into them. Not yet. I need to see them, just like the Cowboys, beat some good teams. Their past four opponents, or I'm sorry, three opponents, are combined three and nine. That's not good. Yes, I mean, anybody. I mean, again, look at what Philly did against the Jets. And I'm not shocking, you know, the Eagles up to the Super Bowl winner because they beat the Jets, but it's been a while since the Niners have been this good. I just want to see them play someone good and then judge that. Now, I'm not sure if that's this week or when that's going to be for them, but if they could get two or three good wins, even if it's a close win, I want to see two or three good wins uh, wins against good teams. Then maybe I'll start buying into it. I'm still not sold on Jimmy Garoppolo as being a franchise quarterback. I think he's going to be he's going to be a Tony Romo in my mind. Just kind of like a game manager. I don't think he'll ever see you know, 40, 45 million. I don't think he'll ever be a top three paid quarterback, even though when he got traded to the Niners, everybody anointed him the, the next Tom Brady, maybe even better Tom Brady and blah, 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 blah. I just think he's going to be an okay quarterback with good players around him. And uh, one quarterback that I think is overrated <clears throat> And I did a poll this week with you guys. Is who is more overrated, Baker Mayfield or Johnny Menzel? I honestly think Baker Mayfield is overrated. And I'm not doing this because Colin Cowherd said, but he has all this talent around him and they get blown out by the 49ers. He only put it put uh, what, 150, 160 yards up, three interceptions. But if you look at Johnny Menzel, who again, not saying he was a great quarterback, wasn't even good. He was maybe below average. He had no one to pass it to. His biggest name on that offense was Joe Thomas, and he's a lineman. And Joe Thomas was a good lineman, but lineman can't catch balls. So I'm, I'd be curious to see how Johnny Menzel 
would do on this team with Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry and like all the talent that's around him. Manziel, he was running for his life. So I put the poll out there and it was close. Uh, 55% of you guys said Baker Mayfield is overrated. And I think this may be another Johnny Menzel situation where you're going to see him be a backup for his career. I mean, he, I, the way he looks, he's a bigger quarterback than Johnny Menzel, but his attitude, it just it screams Menzel. Like how uh, uh, very cocky, but can't back it up. And I will give... Odell some credit because he hasn't blown up yet on Baker Mayfield and uh, Big Hit Rob if you're listening just remember our bet I said they will not even make the playoffs I, I believe and I'll have to go back to listen to some of the episodes but I believe our deal was you think they're going to win 8 games right now they're 2-3 and three. if they could go on a good win streak Sure, they could pull it out, but man, the way they, they look, they, they don't look that good. So, uh, as I said, the Eagles played the Jets last week, and they did look good, but it was the Jets. Um, Carson Wentz, the, the whole offense, I thought they looked good. And some of the fans I've been seeing saying, they, they weren't that impressed. Defense, uh, even uh, in the locker room, one reporter brought it up to Jason Peters. And Peters, I liked what he said. He goes, hey, a win is a win no matter how you, how you win it. And it's true. But to put up 30-some points, I mean, yes, the Jets are bad, but they're still an NFL team. Now, the run game was, was there, and earlier this uh, week during one of Doug Peterson's uh, press conferences, he made the statement that going forward, Jordan Howard is going to start getting more of the carries, which is great, because we don't have Deshaun this week, so we still don't have that deep threat. If we bring Jordan Howard in, this is the way I'm looking at and he still gets his four or five, six yards of carry. It's going to make those safeties creep up a little bit more, which then could free free up the deep ball for Matt Collins or, you know, Alshon Jeffrey. But keep using Miles Sanders as a receiving back or, you know, uh, some of the, the runs that are, you know, toss plays. Because that's, he's he's quick. I mean, that wheel route he did, he just blew by the the defense back. So we got Minnesota this week, and I expect a good game. It's another test for our cornerbacks. Rashield Douglas uh, started off slow in the season, but since then, seemed like he's kind of bounced back. There's rumors that Jalen Mills may be coming back this week. I would still I would activate him but still bring him along slowly. Sidney Jones, I, I 
I'm trying to defend him, but these injuries, they're they're just adding up, and it's being harder and harder to think he's going to be our number one corner on this team. You know, he was a, a second-round pick that we drafted with top five potential, but ever since that Achilles that he blew out uh, during his pro day, he just cannot stay healthy. Now, what I... Th- how do, how do I think Philly beats Minnesota this week? Obviously, our defensive line, the guy have another uh, good game. You know, Fletcher Cox, he needs to get a couple sacks. We need to hit Kirk Cousins a couple times. He's your, your typical quarterback that once you hit him once or twice, it gets in his head and it messes up. We got to keep the deep ball to a minimum. I'll be curious to see how Dalvin Cook does against our run team. We have the top, if not you know, second or third, um, rush defense in the league. If we can contain him, contain that deep ball, and get some hits on Kirk Cousins, that's going to put our, our offense, I, I believe, in position to score some points. Hopefully Peterson sticks his word and keeps giving the ball to Jordan Howard that's going to help uh, Carson Wentz maybe get Zach Ertz um, involved a little bit. But I, I think we could pull this out. I think it's going to be a close game. But I think also it could be a shootout. So I could see like a 35-28 type game. So I think that's going to be it for this, uh, this episode. Like I said, tomorrow is going to be our our hundredth episode. I'm gonna try to get King on. Hopefully, get shoulders on. Get you know all three of us on there. Get some good arguments going. Some good hot takes. But before we go, head over to Twitter. Follow me at Jimbo St Sports. Follow the show at St Sports Podcast. Head over to Facebook, liking, share our page there, as well as our YouTube. Subscribe there. Head over to BellyUpSports.com. Um, like I said at the beginning of the show. We have a, a cancer awareness t-shirt that we're selling. 50% of the proceedings or the profits, we will donate. It goes to a good cause. So there's no reason why any of us don't purchase a shirt. So with that being said, this is your good friend Jimbo signing out.